it's like that hits me every time where I just get so overwhelmed by the fact that God is our provider. He's our father who provides. What father wouldn't take care of his children, especially if he has the means? And does God not have the means to, to take care? So, anyway. Whew. Amen. That was so awesome. A um, couple of announcements today. And we have a man back there manning our screen. So we have uh, first thing. <laughs> Micah Schmitz on the computer. If you want to queue up the uh, Worship Warfare Week, we're just reminding people we gave everyone an extra. Oh, just kidding. No, it's all right. Um, we gave everyone an extra week to decide if they're going to go. We are going August 13th to the 19th. We can. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to shorten the time so we can. Um, as many of us can make it as possible. Um, we're going to raise money uh, by doing at least like a huge yard sale out here. Um, and all proceeds will go towards uh, going on the trip. So um, please let us know if you're coming or not um, as soon as possible, um, preferably like today. Um, yeah, yes, today, please. Like, yeah, we need to know like by yesterday. <laughs> Um, so, uh, just a reminder, prayer furnace, and we've started our prophetic soaking set this last Thursday. Uh, we've been live streaming them on our Facebook page, uh, the Crossing Life Church Facebook page as well. Um, so you can either tune in online, I know Ann has been, which is awesome, and uh, come on out if you guys are uh, um, wanting to pray with us on Monday nights and then Thursdays, because we're here basking in the presence of God um, during the week, so... Um, don't forget about that. And then uh, last announcement is food pantry this Saturday. Um, a couple of you were asking about the like the coffee hour we did last food pantry. Um, we're going to start just by doing that thing the first Saturday of the month. The first Saturday that we do food pantry of the month, if that makes sense. So the second second Saturday of the month. Is basically where we're going to start. We'll just once a month um, do that. So we'll that'll be just like food pantry if people are asking and just so we know. Um, so this Saturday, being the last Saturday that we do food pantry of the month, will just be normal um, how we've been doing it. So so we're going to pick up our food um, on or picking up on Thursday this week because we're going to be gone Friday Saturday. Um, so we're picking up on Thursday this week actually. So um, if you want to help on those or whatever. We'll be back here probably around 11 o'clock on Thursday morning and then Saturday per the usual. So that's all um, for announcements this morning. We have Dave chatting with us this morning, chatting at us. Yeah. Dave Schmitz is the worship director from Crossing Life Church, Wyndham. He is uh, well-versed in all things spiritual. A... <laughs> <laughs> and minister of the word in music and song. He can play all instruments, as far as I know. Um, I lived with this, this man and his awesome family for four years. So a lot of how I turned out is from him and his family. Yeah. So I think I'll stop there. I'll give Dave the mic now. Cool. Woohoo! Well... I know we don't need the mic, but we're going to try to record it so that it can go on the website, right? It is recording, I think. So we'll, we'll go with it, right? Cool. Well, good seeing everyone. Um, 
again, you know, and Ian as well, so cool. So great. It's good being up here. Since we were saying, I think it's been two years since we came up. Um, but just feeling today a lot of faith, you know, as obviously in worship we were just talking, the expectation. I just feel like God's, there's a spirit of prophecy, you know, and I think, you know, we always have to just keep our, our lenses in a heaven with a heaven perspective, you know, because it's small in number, but that just doesn't mean anything in the kingdom, you know, it really doesn't. Um, and that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit here today, uh, share a bit of what I'm feeling on uh, in my heart that God is speaking, but just kind of a, a continuance of what we just were worshiping, you know, just that faith and supernatural. It's like if you're sitting with Christ, looking the way he sees things, with the mind of Christ and his perspective and lens, you know, it just changes everything. Vantage point is everything. Perspective is everything. When you're on the ground, like we were just talking, you know, warfare earlier, right, Jay? And just, you know, the, the idea of the eye in the sky, the plane up there, being able to see and have, you know, sometimes they're even unseen, you know, because they're so high up nowadays. Our Air Force is just so up to the moon, you know. But they have an eye in the sky, and they can see everything from a vantage point that, that the guys on the ground can't. And there's an element of, you know, we want to just do so much on the ground all the time because that's what we are so familiar with day in and day out, you know, because um, that's what we're facing. And that's the, rea the reality in which we're living for sure. But there's a reality that, that overs overrides that, that is the one in the sky, the heaven mindset, the mindset of Christ, you know. And we need to continue to just ask God continue to transform and renew our minds. So that we see correctly, you know, and that we're acting from that posture and not just what we see. And then you can fine-tune and, and work with what you're taking in with our actual physical senses, you know, what we hear and see and sense. But we're doing it from a place that, that is eternal. And that's, that's reality. And like I was saying this to a couple weeks ago to some, a group of gents, I was just saying, you know, heaven is reality. Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth in that Greek word behind that, when he says the truth, it's really close to saying I'm the reality. It's very close to it. It's not just that he's factual information. No, that's not who Jesus is. He's not data. He's a person embodying who ushers in with him wherever he goes, as you see in his ministry, the kingdom of God. What does he say every time he goes into a place? The kingdom of God's here. Why is it here? Because I'm here. You know, that's what he's saying. I mean, that's... It's, and that's how we active with the spirit of God in us. You know, that's what we bring with us wherever we go. We literally just, this room might have been hell a second ago, but I just walked in, so the kingdom's here. Like, literally, you can have, there's a cockiness and a boast that we can have when we have the right posture. Because we see at one, on one side our needy self that's in desperate need. And we have to come before the throne of God and say, God, yes to you, because no to me. It ain't working out. You know, Right? It's not working out with my strength, my ability, but saying, yes, you know, you can have that boast and say, the kingdom's with me. Everything I need. He says, everything we need uh, to live out the godly life, that's what it says in Peter, has been given to us. Period. Every spiritual blessing, right? Everything. I mean, you have all you need. Do we believe that in practice? I, d I know I need to transform every day. There's some Mondays, those Monday mornings, you know, they hit you so hard, and you're like, Ah, like I just was so high this weekend being with my brothers and sisters and feeling the faith and all. And then there's those moments you just you continue to renew our mind and remind ourselves of his promises. Say, no, he's bigger. He's yes. If he, if he can't be with me in this real deep struggle right now of being able to 
work through relationship trauma or drama or pay the bills. If, he, if he's not there, then, you know, it's not true what we're talking about. But he is. He's Emmanuel. He's God in us. He's God in us. He's the spirit in us. It means he's active. Do you realize that there is no real difference between us and anybody else other than that? It's his presence that makes the difference. Moses says that in uh, Exodus 33, I think. Um, like 26, 27, right around those verses. You can read it there, but he's, he says, your presence go with us, right? He's talking about this is old covenant too, okay? It's not the way we're living, so we can talk about that in a second. But even then, he's saying, your presence go with us because it's our good. And what else will separate us or dis- make us distinct or different from the other peoples if not your presence? He says, that's, that's our good. You know, the psalmist says that later too. Your presence is my good. You know, th- that's the only differentiating factor in a sense between us and them. Us and them, if you're going to say it that way. Between the people of God and the, the people who are still in darkness. You know, in that reality, the difference is the presence of God. It's not that somehow we have got our list together of being very, I'm, um, now I've got my list of I don't do those things I used to do anymore, now I do these. That's not the difference. Because, we, you know, we all fail for one thing, but also that's just outward. Jesus is always concerned about what's going on inside, where the spirit is actually at work. And yes, the outward will follow. The works will follow us, but they'll be supernatural, not just prudish. I'm walking by this protocol that I've been given, you know. But instead, it's the presence of God that merged with the works are what we show the world, right? Let your light so shine before men. They may see your good works. They're going to see it. And glorify your Father. So it's not just good works, but it's a light shining through those works. Supernatural. So it's a mix. So we, get, you know, we come back to this. If we're not supernatural first, then we're no good to anybody. And we're definitely not living that victorious call we've been given. We were called to be human in its truest sense. Made in the image of God. You know, made in the image of God. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I, run a, I, d- I do want to talk a little bit about um, us as, as, uh, as individuals, but also us collectively. And kind of bring those two things together. So his presence being our good. Um, you know what Jesus said as he left, right? Remember he says, it's good for you that I leave. You know, Jesus Christ said, it's good that I leave. You know, just stop for a second. Think about that. Like, if you were the disciple, right, then you'd be like, are you kidding me? No. No, this is bad. This is bad, Jesus. This is bad. This is not what we thought would happen, you know. It's that same Peter getting in and saying, you sh- you're not going to die. You're not going to die because his ways are so much higher, right? He says, because the Spirit will be sent if I depart. The Spirit. So Jesus is saying it's better, the state of affairs that we are in now as his people, sanctified, is better than it was when he was walking the earth. Do we believe that? Like, if Jesus was physically here with us right now, you know, we'd be, I mean, can you imagine how we'd, we'd be acting a lot different right now? I would not be talking on this mic. I'm telling you, I'd be like, okay, Jesus, come, you know, we're going to get a couple mics for you. And, you know, like, let's, let's, let's start inviting, you know, that's probably how we'd act, right? We'd be, everything that I walked in with this morning, I just don't care about right now. Jesus Christ is here right now, physically with us, like Tommy's sitting right here, okay? But he says it's better than that. He says it's better than that, the spirit inside of us. You know, so there's Moses saying, Old Covenant again, right? Like, it's your presence, it's the distinguishing factor for us. Well, now God's not just abiding kind of with them in a cloud that's distant stuff. He's actually inside of us and working through us. He calls us his very body, in fact, collectively. He calls us that. He says we're, we're the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 
in that sense. It's Jesus Christ expressing his body. It's not that we're God or anything like that. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is there is a oneness with God that we have now that we did not have. The spirit of God inside of us is, is working constantly. In fact, it's the spirit. He's not just the, the person that gives us a gift of tongues, right? He's not just an it or an ethereal thing. He's the actual person of the Godhead who's living inside of us. God himself is actively, yes, doing the gifts and the callings and all, the, all those awesome power things. He's working that way, but he's working in us. He's the one that actually identifies us that, uh, and tells us, you are a child of God. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You can call Father. You can pray the way you were supposed to. Supernatural what we did this morning. This wasn't us just coming and by rote doing what, what Buddhists do or what Hindus do or what Muslims do or they just kind of by rote say things or, or dead, dead religion in Christianity. You know, what happens is by rote. No, there's a supernatural ac- exchange and activity that happens when we open our mouths, when we posture our, ourselves and even our bodies. I believe that more and more. It's like when we raise our hands, I think something is, signi- is being signified. It's, you know, this is, these are spiritual things we're doing. They're supernatural first, you know. Making sense? And that's what God wants to work into us, work into our day, is, is, is how, do we get, how do we get transformed more and more and more? So I want to talk about um, God and community, okay? And, and, and specifically, I want to talk today about the Trinity as the basis for our community, the way we live as the body of Christ. In light of what we were just talking about, that supernatural life and what God wants to do in us, how supernatural, when we're talking about community, you know, I've always, I, sometimes I get, I get kind of tired of it because I'm like, oh, okay, we've got to love each other, we've got to be together, sure, 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 I get that. But then, I, then it's almost like I get a call back from God, you know, and into this, like, well, like community is God's nature. You realize that? So, I mean, in, for, wha- for what it's worth, I want to randomly talk about Allah, the Muslim God, really quick, okay? Everybody follow me just for a minute here, because I think it'll be helpful. There's, in uh, apologetics with, you know, Christians and, and Muslims, there's often the, the issue of monotheism, because both religions claim that we're monotheists, right? Christians, as do Muslims, right? One God. Now, Allah is considered God in what's called a monadic sense. He is truly one, all-sufficient, all-self-sufficient being. Just one. Just one. Whereas in Christianity, we have... You know, of course, the triune God. There's three persons, yet one God, right? So it's that, that kind of thing. So uh, Muslims would say, well, that's not truly monotheism in that sense. And yet uh, our understanding of it is, yes, it is. It truly is just one God in the expression of three persons, you know? I mean, but then uh, on, the, on the, the flip side, Muslims find themselves in a dilemma, just, r- just logically, because they say Allah is self-sufficient, okay? But they also say he's loving, but you cannot love, uh, you know, unless there's something outside of yourself you're loving, right? So they always get stumped on this point. It's like, well, how can he love? No, he needs humans to show that he's loving. Because you can't love yourself. That's not love in its pure. So there's no, he's not truly self-sufficient in that. So they they stumble at that point. Whereas our, our God, as three persons, innately, he needs no one to show he is loving because he loves within himself three persons, perfectly loving one another, the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. You get that? Perfectly loving himself. As an example, God is innately, that means from the start, before we were ever created, God was loving perfectly. 
God was community before. He doesn't need us in that sense at all. And yet, and then we're going to open up John to John 17. If you've got your Bibles, let's go there. We're going to go to verse 20 through 23. You're going to read some of that. And yet he calls us. But yeah, do you just get that for a second? Like God, God's nature is to be with. God's nature is to be in relationship. God's nature is that. You know, here's the, there he is, just real quick, at creation, you know. This is good. 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 What's the first thing he said is not good? What's the first thing God said is not good? For man to be alone, right? And thus he makes woman. You know, there's the, um, the immediate relationship. There's something about that. He makes Adam in his image, but then there's this, it's not like this, uh-oh, God knew it was coming, of course. You know, but it's like, ah, to complete Adam, there has to be relationship. Because Adam's going to be made in my image. And that doesn't work, you know. And then, yes, of course, Adam could love God. God could love Adam. So there was a sense of community. So we could, we could argue that point. But more importantly, God's just saying just innately, there's supposed to be relationship because relationship causes reproduction. You know, so woman comes, and what happens then? What's his command? Multiply. You know, so there's a reproduction that comes out of that relationship because that's what God does innately. So let's, let's go to John. That was just a quick point there. But John 17. Let me get there to 20 to 23. This is Jesus' prayer. Everybody familiar with this prayer? This is the longest written prayer of Jesus we have, so it's a good one. W- and it's right near the end of his time on earth. So, I mean, obviously, these are the things that are, are, are perhaps the most important of all the things he said. Perhaps. I don't know, but obviously crucial here. He prays first for his glory and for his disciples. And then in verse 20, he says, I do not pray for these alone but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That's the world uh, that, that, would, that would be called believers, the church, as we've expanded, that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you. Stop right there. We just talked about God innately perfect being, perfectly loving himself, perfectly united. That's what Jesus is praying you're like, ah, that's a pie in the sky, Dave. That's impossible. Like, we'll never be unified, you know, in the, in the way that the, the, the Trinity is. And, he, and to, to some extent, you're right, but the, to another extent, no, we're totally wrong. He's praying for it right here. He's saying that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us, brought into that. Again, what separates us from the rest of the world? His presence. That they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Huh, there's our key to evangelism we'll get to, right? And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. You realize that again, Emmanuel, God in us, the spirit in us. And this is why Paul prays that, that, that they see the riches of the glory of the calling they have, that you and I have. That's his prayer, is that our eyes would be open to see we have it. We have this amazing inheritance, the very glory and presence of God. And everything comes with that, that's needed, that's good, that's heavenly, that's eternal, that comes from God. Everything. And I, again, I'll say that. I'll say that. Like, I believe it, even though I may not see all the outworkings in my life yet. I'm going to keep on claiming that. Are you with me? Like, let's just get, let's not stop. And now, you know, life's pretty good right now. It's like, no, let's keep going. There's more. There's glory. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. That they may be one just as we are one. That they may be one just as we are one. I in them 
That's the key. And you and me. That they may be made perfect in one. Perfect in one. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Amen. Wow. Boy, is there stuff in there. We could meditate on that. I'd encourage you this weekend, too. Just, you know, take what you, what's good from what I say. But more importantly, I'd say just dive into Scripture and start letting God, like, okay, God, open my eyes fresh to how, what this means. The gravity of it. Because the power here of as we are one, perfect in one. That's, the, that's what I want to highlight today, though. Just perfect in one. Just like the Trinity. He is perfect in unity. Always has been. Before time began. Before eternity. He's not created He's just been perfect in unity. And that's what he prays for us. So, you know, you hear a lot of this, like, let's get together. Let's have church. Let's be an expression of, of, of unity, you know, that type of thing. And I, I, I think those are important calls, but it has to be done in light of the supernatural God who's in us and actually joins us. You know what's, uh, what, what brings us together? It says he is our peace, Right. He is our peace. He himself is our peace. Talking about Greek and Jew or Gentile and Jew. How do you merge peoples like that? Ones of the covenants and ones who are not of the covenant. Through him. He himself is our peace. How do we have unity on the level that Jesus is actually talking about? That's the call that I would want to be a part of. Because like if he said, and if he's praying it, he's asking the Father for it, it's going to be answered. That's the first thing. So there's plenty of assurance in it. But it's also that it also means if it's going to be answered, it's possible. So it's possible to have a perfect unity. What does that look like? Is it just a fraternity of people who doctrinally sign off? No. That's pathetic. The world might be able to do that. You know, the world has trouble in this too, of course. But, the, you know, if we just, just kind of get it together and decide to kind of try to get along and maybe spend some time around and do our time, that, that's not the unity he's talking about. Ephesians calls it this. It says in... Ephesians 4, I don't know, but it calls it the unity of the Spirit. The unity of the Spirit, capital S there. The unity of the Spirit of God, that's what is happening in us. It's a supernatural thing. And yes, there are steps we're going to have to take, and we'll talk about that towards it. But, the, but before we even go there, like, God, you've got to do in us what you have already really done. You've worked in us, you've called us sons, and now you're bringing us together into your family. He's the basis for our community. He's the operator and the source of it. He has to be. Or else, uh, otherwise, what does the world, what does the world see? You know, the world and all the skeptics that we have in New England, everybody's so cynical and, you know, you almost think, I'm going to argue my way, scientific data and, and intellectualism and apologetics to save them. That's not what saves the world. You know what? I read this the other night. It says, you know what needs to happen in those people is they need desire for God awakened in. And then when they see something, like Jesus is talking about, in the body of Christ, they, they recognize that's the best story. That's the best thing going. That's what I want. And then perhaps the intellectualism and the data and some of that convincing and preaching, you know, is, is a very useful thing to help them. But first, they need that awakening of desire for God that they, that they see in the body of Christ. Remember, Paul prays that for the Jews. He prays that, he tells this Gentile church, he says, I pray that, that God will be so seen in you that it's going to cause the Jews to be what? Jealous. Jealous. The one, the, the, and remember, remember this, in their context, the Jews are the ones who are of the covenant for decades and millennia. Okay? They're the, they're the chosen people. 
And yet it's been totally flipped up to the point where he's saying supernatural, the better than Jesus present people of God with the spirit in them will cause jealousy so the Jews will say, I want that. I want that. That's his prayer. It's not so much that we're going to go around and convince everybody. No. It's that we're going to go around and be a display before them that causes them to get jealous and say, what do you guys have? Is this what I've been longing for? Not just camaraderie, but but something in the spirit where there's true belonging, where I have purpose, where I have life, where I find a way out of this kingdom of darkness and death and lies and hopelessness. And instead, I see what you have. You have the goods. You have the very spirit of God. That's, that's what causes appetites in the hearts of men. Man, if we chose to be evangelistic in that way, it would be a lot different than just say, I'm going to, okay, okay, today's evangelism day. What do we do? No. No, and there are moments and times where we better just go do it and do it, but do it with this mindset and this spirit. Just like, we have the goods, and we're going to put them on display. We're going to put them on display. You know, we do need words for sure, but remember St. Thomas's, you know, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, do, your, do words. There is a truth in that. You know, and it should be merged with words for sure. We should be preaching the gospel. You know, we need to be doing that. But it has to be first this demonstration that the words are just there. They're coming from, they're enhancing, and then they bring life. It's words of life that change men's hearts, not just words and data, right? This book in and of itself is not powerful. Let me say that again. This book with just the letters on it is not powerful. It's the fact that God breathes on it, his very word, and that he has given it to us, you know, from his heart. Inerrantly, yes. But it's the breath of God on it and the word that brings it to life. The word of God wants to, be, wants to become life. Thus, Jesus, right? The word became what? Became flesh, right? The word has to be embodied. The word has to bring life or else it's just data. And we might as well just, you know, we might as well just treat it like any other textbook or historical thing or Homer's Iliad and Odyssey or Shakespeare's or Isaac Newton's laws of, you know, it's, it's no different than that. It might have factual truth. But we need more than that, right? The words of life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life, right? We could talk about that forever, but we're not going to because that's not what we're going to hit today. He said, my words are spirit, my words are life. That, remember, what does is, what is he tell the disciples? He's like, well, are you guys going to leave too? Because my last words just offended these people and they all walked away. This is Jesus, right? And what does Peter say to him? Where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. It's those words, that demonstration, the embodied word of God. Jesus Christ living as the expression of the Father. That's what drew him. That's what drew all the disciples. He said, even though what you're saying right now, Jesus, is really hard, really offensive. You're telling us to drink your blood, and we're Jews. That's not cool. But nonetheless, there's something about you that, 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 that calls to our spirits past even what is messing with our doctrine right now. And we're saying, yes, we say yes, we say yes. You know, we say yes and amen, right? We say yes to who you are. And yeah, the, the data will figure itself out if you search diligently for sure. You know, and they, you know, figure out how he's symbolically the Lamb of God. Later on, you know, everything gets revealed to them when Jesus rises from the dead, apparently. <laughs> you know, but, they, but in, in those moments, they're just like, where else would we go? Your words are eternal. Your words are substance. Your words are life. Your words are life. <laughs> I don't want anything else. I don't want the best professor with the greatest degree. I don't want 
just don't want that. That doesn't speak to who we are, who we were made to be. We were made with this, like C.S. Lewis says, this void in our hearts that only God can fill, right? If that imagery is helpful. It's that, that place that only God can, can get. And that's what the body of Christ is to do. We are, in some sense, just like Jesus, to embody the word. I'm not saying we're going to create new scripture. or No, 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 no. It's not that. We're embodying the very tangible person of God, in a sense. You know, he says we're his hands and feet. It's that type of thing. It's a, the body of Christ. Like, what does that mean? Uh, connected to the head, Jesus Christ. Obviously connected as he leads us. As he, But we're a demonstration of it. You know, a lot of people hear the gospel. Um, a lot of people hear the words. But I think a lot of times they look at us. They're saying, like, that's all good, what you just shared with me. But do I get you too? Seriously. That's what changed my life. Was It was people who tangibly said, God's doing something in you, David. I see it. And they were tangible hands and words of life. They let God operate through them, you know. And they brought me into a place of community. You know, he, of course, did it. He's the master. But he, br- he brings us into this place where we can really find, you know, that, that, that belonging, that, that um, you guys get what I'm saying, right? You know, it's those words of life coming to. Whew. Thank you, Lord. And I think that's, that's, that's a big part of the demonstration, too. It's not so much that we just are, are always yakking at people and telling them this and that. It just that isn't what people need. You know, there are, there are moments where, you know, I've had moments on the streets, by, you know, do street ministry or something where it's just the presence is there and the words that we spoke just. I had a whole gang once in front of me in the streets, this kind of ghetto area, and uh, we, were just, uh, we were just talking. We were just talking, kind of buddies in a really odd way. They were like drug addicts, and I was loving Jesus at the time. But I remember like this, the presence of God just drops in on the street, and like it just suddenly gets up in me, and I start just preaching. Like, Jesus Christ is calling you today, boys. He's calling you today. And this, this heaviness, and they all just stop in their tracks. They turn around, and they're like this. Like, and then some of my, my other, or a couple of their buddies doing something else. I think Josiah was there, and he turns around like, what? just happen here it's just like you know there are those moments where the word just connects in their hearts and they're like what do we do you know what are you taught whoa whoa you know the power of words but i'm telling you it was the demonstration of life and that essence and that thing that we have to be more um we have to operate in more than just blah words and you know we're conservative right wing and you know it's just it's not that you know it's the word of god Living and powerful, living and powerful. It's alive. Amen. Spent enough time on that. Let's move on. Our our community and our our, our unity has to go outside of just our our the people that we know, people that we're affectionate with, that we like. In other words, right? It has to. Jesus said, "If it doesn't, you're just like the tax collectors, because everybody loves who loves them, right?" Everybody likes those that like them. That doesn't mean a thing. You know, but to get, to get outside of ourselves and ask God for a supernatural unity, that's, that would be something to see, right? Martin Luther King Jr., he said, the most segregated time in America is when? Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Sunday morning, 9 a.m. I know we're doing church a little later here. 
Like, you get it? Because it's segregated. So, you know, black brothers and sisters over here, the you know, Messianic Jews here, the, the Asian churches, the Brazilian churches, the Caucasian churches, you know. And it's the most segregated time is when. He said when it's supposed to be the exact opposite. You know that? The exact opposite. The political world and the scene, like, I mean, I can't watch the news most days these days because it's just venom and hatred and this is and all these problems that politicians can't solve. They can't. Politicians, our celebrities can't solve. Our most brilliant professors and philosophers can't solve it. The body of Christ. The body of Christ is meant to demonstrate and be first to the table and first to the conversation. But not, and again, not just in words, but in demonstration. Like, how do we do that? These should be questions that, that, that trouble us in a sense, too. Like, how am I living my life first to be a, a semblance and a, a picture of the love of God that goes way past my preferences and my political views and my skin color and my gender and my age? And, I, boy, I get so tired of those kids. They're so obnoxious. You know, it's that type of thing where you could check your heart, you know, and be like, God, what do you want to do in me, you know, to change that? You know, that was a big deal for us. We were very arrogant young people when we first started ministry. We just kind of, we had no time of day for anybody who was older in a sense. And we said we did, but we didn't. And God had to humble and say, like, there is wisdom you're missing out on, you know. There is wisdom, you know. But there's also, there's, there's another side, too, and I don't want to harp on this too much, but, the, but it's that we need to deal with racism in our, in our lives, in our hearts, in our communities, you know, it's, it's easy when you're in your little world to think that there actually isn't any racism or something. But that's just because we're not out there in it. You know, if you've never felt the sting of it, I lived in a city that was just Hispanic. It was 99% Hispanic. I remember walking down the street, people throw bottles at me. Like, you're in the wrong neighborhood. For these short, little, tiny windows. And believe me, I was not suffering, you know, in the way that brothers and sisters around the world do. But in these little moments, I got that little sting where you're like, so that's what they mean feeling judged based on my skin color. Like, it just, it, it woke me up. It's like, wow, I've been living in white suburbia all my life in a middle-class world, you know? So I just assume that there's nothing outside of that. And the world's in pain. And our brothers and sisters should, at bare minimum, be asked, what do you mean when you say you feel racism? We should honestly be asking them and getting in conversation, you know? We should be the first to the table for this because we are the people of God's peace and kingdom. We are the peacemakers, the sons of God who are peacemakers, like Jesus said, right? So again, I can't harp too long because we're almost out of time, but um, the first in the gender equality thing, like if I hear, you know, another, it's just, it's tough to, to take it all in because it's constantly in your face. Equality, 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 right? But it's like, I don't know that, that the church even has a grasp on what true equality is and what that really means, the innate nature of it. I don't know that we really understand how we are different yet alike. You know, and that's the point of unity. Unity is not conformity, where we all become the same uh, clone. You know, like you're just, you look, Jay just looks like, you know, Marie, they look exactly the like, and, and, and Tommy's just like Jay, and okay, now we're starting to get unity. No, that's, that's not the nature of God. Unity happens only in diversity. It's the only time unity is actually there. Take a look at our bodies again. Like there's no part that's the same. Even these two first fingers are not like each other. You know that? Everything is so different, and yet that's how it functions as one. Like unity is, is with diversity in the spirit of God causes a synergy that goes just to a place of extravagant multiplication. And again, like we went back, remember Adam and Eve, right? 
relationship to do what? To cause reproduction. Like you alone will stand before God, yes. But you alone cannot show the full kingdom of God. You can't. I wish I could, because then I wouldn't have to put up with people, right? Like, right? But that just doesn't work that way. We have to have each other. We have to have each other. We must have each other. And once you really realize what's happening, you'll be thankful that we have one another. Worldwide, I'm just so grateful that the, the load of the gospel and the, the world needing to be saved and find Jesus is not resting on me. Are you happy about that? Are you happy you didn't wa- wake up with truly the weight of the world on your shoulders? That you have brothers and sisters around the world through generations past and generations to come, you know, full of who? The Spirit of Christ. He's able to do this. So, yeah, we're individuals before God. I won't stand there at the, at the throne with you on Judgment Day. For sure, you need to have that first and foremost with Jesus. But, but you can't have one and not the other. You get that? You can't just be an individual island because you're not showing the full power of the gospel. Living in community, which is when it gets dirty and messy and where it's, uh, there's things to work through and conflict and you have to. But also the beauty of all the gifts and callings and the personalities, how they complement one another and do things that I, I can't be. Anne, I can't be the way she is with her area of influence, the, the unique gifts and callings that she has, the things that, that the dreams in her heart. I can't. But at the same time, you know, I can encourage that. I can uh, join that, and I can compliment where she's weak. She can do the same for me. We bear one another's burdens, right? We strengthen the feeble knees. These are the commands we get, right? So it's because we're one unit. When one hurts, everything hurts. If you had a, th- a hangnail lately, it ruins your day. It does. A little migraine. You're just like, I can't operate. I can't operate. I have a headache today. You know, it literally just disables some of these little things affect it, you know, and yet the strength of God and, the, you know, the vitamin C will kick in and, you know, the, the, the rest of my body will, will, will just invigorate the other cells and cause healing to it. That's how the body works, right? It just causes healing. It's, and I don't even have to think about it. God just made our bodies to do it that way. Well, there's an element where we just don't even have to think about it. If the body's truly unified, health happens. If the body's truly unified, multiplication happens the body's truly unified, you know, God is glorified. It just happens. It's not so much we're going to try for the kingdom today. You know, like that's wearisome. It's, it's undoable. Uh, it's not possible. It'll, how many other words can we say? You just can't. You can't produce the kingdom. Jesus said it's already in you. kingdom's already in you. It's just it release it. Release it through words. Release it through love. Release it through, through action, through prayer, through faith. Release it, you know, because it's in us. So unity of the spirit. Are we out of time? Is it? So like five minutes. Okay. Yeah. We said a lot there too. I think. Things we need to all just, it's not like you can't just one and done these type of concepts either. <laughs> yeah, I heard it, got it. <laughs> like, I, I'm on my last page of this journal too, which stinks. You know, I'm going to need, my birthday's three months away, so I'm going <laughs> to have to splurge. <laughs> my journal is daily me going through, you know, my, my times with God, right, and what He's putting on my heart. But I'm telling you, I bet you 90% of this is just prayers to God that have to do with other people in your life. 
I'll say that again. Like, I bet you, and I don't know that. I haven't looked through, but I bet if I look through, it's like, I need to pray for him. You know, I'm struggling right there. But I'm saying that, that this is, this is I- the rubber meets the road constantly for us in these type of things. It's not just this one, one and done, I got it, I got it, I got it. It's like, Lord, work in me today more than what, wha- what I had yesterday. You know, and last night, and the way I was with that brother, I need to learn from it. You know, and not just move on and ah, well, they did this to me. Can we can we get over ourselves? That's the challenge I find daily is the real thing. That David, are you willing to 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 get on your cross again and let your brother put that nail in, you know, so that I'm actually glorified here? Like he's willing to do it. Like this is where the challenge is. It all sounds good when we're talking, you know, but you know those moments. Those moments where like I was wronged. They did they they may have wronged you. They probably did. But w- in one sense, everybody in the church has been hurt. You know that? Like, it's like, oh, I've been hurt in the church. Well, so have I. So have I. You know, I grew up in a very religious, <laughs> religious to the point where it's just shame, 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 and legalism and hatred and this, this prejudice and this constant, you know. And there's a lot of wound that comes from that, a lot of wounding. And you just, and you, you know, had a healthy family to an extent, but there's still stuff. We all come broken to the cross. We all do. The Pharisee and the tax collector come to the cross the same way, you know, come broken and in need and saying, God, we're desperately in the depths of us is, is the same evil that Adolf Hitler had. Because humanity has this, this sin nature that's death and just it's just cancerous. It's, it's in all of us. And we have to come to that place of neediness and then say, as renewed and now perfect before God, his sons and daughters, we still need to say, God, whatever remnants of lies that I'm still believing, change me. And yes, daily dying, daily putting it down. But in light of not just this masochistic, I'm going to suffer and, and do this, but in light of we're supernatural people. If we come from that place, it's not that big a deal. It's really not that big a deal. For one thing, our lives are such short spans of time, like blink of the eye, right? We don't have much time. So you might as well sacrifice it all because there's not much left. What's coming is the real thing. That eternal significance in life, like Leonard Ravenel said, it's just right now, it's just the dressing room for eternity. You know, you're literally just putting on the stuff that's actually, where we actually start living and ruling and reigning on another level. And who knows, there's so much we could imagine and dream and think about for what's to come. But in the moment, it's no sacrifice. As long as you have that supernatural lens. As long as you have that mindset, the mindset of Christ, saying we're a supernatural people. And this is what I wrote this morning for, for us here. I just felt this courage, and we were praying this earlier, eyes higher, eyes higher. Whenever you're feeling that, just the lies of the enemy, it's time to look up. Jesus said that, look up. There's a world out there in need of us. It's looking up and seeing that, that gets you outside of yourself. When you serve someone else, whatever was wrong, it starts to get really small. It really does. It starts to be like, hey, I find, you know, I find that my life is not my own, right? There's Paul, he says, you have everything. You have and you have us. You have Peter. You have Paul. And Apollos, we're yours. You know that? So here we are, our little human beings. And if, if my wife owns me, if my kids own me, if my church owns me, if the world owns me and needs me, then there's nothing left, really. It's used up. At that point, there's nothing left. It, it was all thrown down at his, at his feet saying, whatever you want, what does he do? He, he, he in turn takes our lives and as an offering to him, puts it out there for other people. That's how, that's how it goes down. And, and I, I, I 
prayed this prayer this morning that we'd be able to really comprehend this, you know, who we really are before him, that we're precious, that we're, we're sons and daughters, that we're with him, seated in heavenly places. And if you know that, if you know that place of security, right, that place that everything with you is good, you're fine in that sense. You're safe. Who can, who can get you? You know, the enemy can't snatch them out of my hand. That's what Jesus has said. Who can touch us? If you can have this security, if a, an army comes against me, though a war break out against me, right, Psalm 91, right, in this I'll be confident. Or maybe that's 27, I don't know. It's in this I'll be confident. You have me. You have me, this security. If you're operating from that place, you can give yourself away. You can give yourself away freely, 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 freely. Because you're like, I'm good, you know, so I'm free at the same time. For anyone that needs and yes, you know, there's wisdom for sure. It's not that we just let ourselves be abused in, a, in a, uh, a fleshly way. It's that we allow ourselves to be submitted to the spirit of Christ, and he pours us out to people in the most beautiful way. There's a big difference between those two, huge. But that's what we're called to do. As the people of God, secure in who he is, knowing our identity because his spirit's in us, crying out, Daddy God. He's the one who's witnessing. He says he testifies with us that we're sons of God. He testifies that we're his children. He, may, he is that deposit of what's ahead, but he's also the guarantee of it. He gives a confidence assurance. And then from that place, you can freely give. Like, I'm yours. I'm yours, community. I'm yours, world around me. I'm, I'm yours, Jesus. Like every moment. That includes, you know, every, every, even the downtime. The times I'm having fun. I love watching football like we talked, right? I love that Sunday afternoon if, you know, if I get out of church on time and we have meetings and meetings and I get to just sit there and be with my son and we'll watch a game or something. Those, even those moments, though, they're not my moments. Even those, it's like, Lord, everything, the refreshing, the good. The, we just got to go to the beach as a family. That was just a blessing, you know, and a cool thing. But we're just as much his there. It's not that we take vacations and times from the kingdom or from church life. It doesn't work that way. We're just always in whatever mode and season. We're like, we're available, and therefore we're always ready. We're ready to give a, a reason for our faith, right? Ready to serve, ready to just say, hey, cool, cool. We're going to help this lady on the side of the road who needs a tire pumped, you know? Like, why not? And we're going to show the love of Jesus here. And we're going to, I'm going to prefer my sister who just said that to me. That was wrong that she said that, but I'm just going to love her. No big deal. You know, it's okay. I'm not mine. I don't own myself, you know? We own one another, and we love one another through that. Amen? Make sense? So this is my prayer. Uh, we know we are a supernatural people that must operate, that must operate on that level, and that, that we only function well on that level. When we know we're supernatural and we're living, that's the only place we function well, that we were made to function, exist, and dominate just like our dad. Our father were created in his image and were made for more. So God, I pray today that you as our source, as the basis for our community, the one who showed us the way, and, and works in us the way. You didn't just give us an example and not the tools to do it. You've enabled us, Lord, to, to ask for and to seek after and to just innately be and to accept by faith that that's place we stand in you as sons and daughters of God, as family, Lord. And we just thank you that you're operating in us, Lord, and that you're supernaturally operating in us. And the power of God is evident in this house, is evident in each life because of you because of you, Lord. And I pray that our eyes would be, um, in, in one sense, put off of ourselves and each other and just put on Jesus.
And in that sense, Lord, we'd operate correctly. We'd love and we'd see in each other your spirit. We'd see in the needy person and the person that's dysfunctional and hurting. And Lord, that we'd see Jesus right there. That we'd see you, Lord, that you put yourself uh, as, as the lowest of all. You became a man, though God. And you became the lowest of men, servant to the point of giving up your life, Jesus. And we just recognize and honor that. We say, make us like you, Jesus. Go ahead, just in your own words, let's just ask him, make me like you, whatever's resonated today. Let's just, let's just be at the altar of God right now. Say, God, whatever, whatever, it's not a sacrifice. Enjoy of what's before us. Enjoy of knowing you. Enjoy of being with you. Enjoy of seeing what you've done, Jesus. You're amazing. You're the one that's going to get shouted from the rooftops through our lives. And one day where every eye will see and knee will bow. Wow, wow, wow. This God is the one we are talking about that we are dealing with and have in us. Jesus. So just let's ask him, Lord, make me like you today. Make me like you. And let that be tangible. You might be challenged this week with some really tough stuff. I don't know. You might just have a beautiful, fun, easy, grace-filled week, too. I don't know. But either way, we're asking God, come, take us. Make us like you, Jesus. Make us reflect your glory to choose and decide in those moments to go and side with what you're saying, decide with what you'd say to what you're doing, Lord, that we would just be like Jesus, watching the Father and doing as he does, Lord, that we'd be sensitive and yet full of joy, full of peace, knowing it's okay. You know, some people just need a smile. You know that? There's some stress. I was in Detroit, Michigan for work. Um, it's a really depressed city. It's not my favorite city. I don't go there for vacation. You know, I was walking downtown. It was rainy. It was gloomy. I was all alone. Um, and everybody was just smiling. I mean, just in you're like kind of running for your life there too because it's a really dangerous city and they, they, they dropped me at a hotel that was like downtown. Um, so I walked into the shop to get some food or something and the clerk looked up at me and he just smiled. You know, it was the craziest experience because I had had like two days of nobody smiling at me. It was just like even the hotel people were like, oh, okay, Schmidt's all right. And, you know, it was like that. This guy smiles at me. I don't know if he was a believer or not. I don't know, but something about it was like this act in my heart. I was like, oh, hope. You know what I mean? Just these little moments, man, that Jesus allows for us. Some people just need to know, hey, you know, honey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I've been there. I know exactly what you're going through, you know, or even if you don't, you say, God knows you. You know that? You're going to be okay. And yeah, let me help you with that, you know. It's not so hard to figure out. It's just following him. Like, wh- what would Jesus do? You know those bracelets? I think we ought to get a resurrection of those. Get those going again. You know, why not? Just to just get it in our heads. Like, what, what would he do right now? You know, because he's here in his spirit. It's the spirit of Christ that's in us, right? He's here. He's one triune God. He's here. He's the one that's in us. Everywhere we go. Again, like we said, just like the beginning, you walk into a room, kingdom's here. Because I'm here, you know, because he's here. So, Lord, give us grace, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen? It's so good. We've been talking about Nehemiah, right? And the two points, rebuilding prayer, rebuilding community. So he's given us some, like, very clear points of what it looks like 
like to build community. So as we go home this week, I think something we should be doing is um, let's pray for each other. Um, really be intentional about praying for one another during the week. Um, maybe specific things you know, maybe God will lead you into specific things to pray. But just because when we pray, we gain God's heart for each other more, you know. So let's start doing that for each other this week. And then maybe next week, even when we come back together, we might have something to share. Hey, I was praying for you and God showed me this or spoke to me this. So write down things if you hear anything, if you see anything, because um, that's always so encouraging, right? When someone prays for you and they get a picture and you're like, oh, that's exactly what I needed. And or call each other throughout the week. You know, we have each other's contact information so we can start cultivating this unity and love for one another so that you know people see us they see that we're connected we love each other we care amen sound good thanks so much dave awesome having you guys here love you have a wonderful what'd you say oh yeah sermons are online if you want to listen again or listen back to any they're all posted on the website which is super cool and they're going to be posted every week now. So, Or if you say, oh, I really love this message. I want someone else to hear. Get them the link and they can listen to it. So awesome. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Love you.